I Could Murder a Podcast is proudly part of the ACAST Creator Network. For hundreds of extra minisodes and other content, along with our private Discord server and live Q&As, exclusive merch and much more, consider subscribing to icmap.co.uk. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. Warning. The following episode contains subject matter and scenes that some viewers may find upsetting, disturbing, or unnerving. Please note, viewer discretion is advised at all times. Sit back and enjoy. I'm such a magnificent guy. I'm beautiful. You can't deny that. I'm civilized, intelligent, sophisticated. I have a sense of style. And yet you girls don't see it. Developments after that shooting rampage in California. More bodies after his shooting spree in the streets. A community still in shock tonight. Thousands gathering at a park, candles in hand, holding a tearful vigil for the dead and the injured. The first images of the terrifying moments in this college town with a gunman on a rampage. Students seen ducking for cover in this surveillance video from the IV Deli Mart as bullets rip through the store's windows. This world... 
so twisted. You denied me a happy life. And in turn, I will deny all of you life. I will punish all of you for it. You will finally see that I am, in truth, the superior one. The true alpha male. Welcome back to another I Could Murder a Podcast Series 3, episode number 9. I'm Tom Norris, and I'm joined by the man in the swamp. It is Ben Carter. Swamp man uh, by name, swamp man by nature. It's great to be here. I'm excited <laughs> for this week's case. I like that. I like the energy, Ben. I'm, Thank you I'm, so much. Let's see how it. long it lasts. Before we start, guys, don't forget to give us a little sub so you can see when the new videos come out. And if you enjoyed the content, give us a like. And if you have any questions whatsoever or any case recommendations, give us a little comment. Yeah, or observations. We love observations scrupulous observations they're my favorite so keep them coming please i'll respond to all of them is that because some, you said the word wrong <laughs> scrupulous i said it how it you know i, I pronounced it how it looks and uh, like jim carrey and will what was it will pharrell pharrell yeah. yeah you say things differently that's what people sometimes listen to us just to see what you say and, and how you say it and i think that's great yep you know it's it's the how not to do or how not to say i think it's fascinating <laughs> As well, we have socials, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Could Murder a Pod, where we post regular content on about the cases we're going to cover, and also facts and little details about different cases. Yeah, and a big thank you to all the new listeners, all the new subscribers, all the new people watching on YouTube. We really appreciate it. And if you've uh, if you've binged everything that's there to be binged, why not consider uh, heading over to patreon.com forward slash Could Murder a Pod for a bucket load of uh, extra content and Ben um, quickly can you just reel off some cases we've covered on oh there? goodness me Purple Aki The Mystery of D.B. Cooper um, The S21 uh, Genocide School there's there's a little bit of everything we do requests as well so um, yeah so yeah, why not head over there we really appreciate it and if you want to support us in another way we have a merch store we've got hats we've got mugs we've got totes and we've got a bundle so if, you, if you're interested in that why not head over there we appreciate any support we may have shot ourselves in the foot with the bundle but we, we don't care so if feet aren't made for shooting. <laughs> so today we are going into the case of Elliot Roger. And uh, this particular one has been very intriguing from the off because the more I learned about it or the more I uncovered, the m- more I then wanted to know, uh, if that makes sense. And it's just a lot of anger and hatred initially towards him. Tried to see it from both sides. Couldn't. Went back to the anger and hate. Yes, the anger and hate. Um, hatred remained. Just yeah, that it very remained. Clear. Very, yeah, absolutely. There's n- There's no sympathy here. Um, so if you're, if you're looking for sympathy in this week's episode, um, skip the video <laughs> because uh, you're not going to find it. You dug your own grave, you got out of the grave and you went straight back in there. <laughs> <laughs> the fascinating one about this case, Ben, I think is it's a real sign of a, a kind of a modern day mm-hmm. uh, example of a mass shooting. Um, obviously with 
filming himself, talking to camera. There's just so much more to kind of dissect rather than, you know, some of the cases in the past where there might be a, a letter or an account from someone else. This is actually evidence where he's talking to camera. He's saying exactly how he feels. There's a manifesto, 141-page manifesto yeah. he's written. There's a lot to kind of dissect to go into. Obviously, you know, this is an hour-ish long episode, so we can't go into every avenue, but that we're going to be going through this and yeah, giving our thoughts and, and yeah, and running through the timeline. Yeah, and as Tom said, he left a massive uh, social media footprint for us to uh, kind of inspect, which we're going to. Um, but the the childhood is fascinating. I mean, as I said, the more we learned, the more we were fascinated by it. And it's it's exactly as Tom said. We've covered some serial killers. We've covered some quite spooky characters at the same time if we consider if you consider Ed Gain yeah Ed Gain's a spooky guy um, I'll give you that Fritzel yep still yeah very spooky but the modern day equivalent and uh, Catherine Knight a spookette so he's he's scary but in a very different way and I think it's the realism of it all that it, it just hits home hard in this case so yeah we're going to go through it all um, excited to cover this one so if you're not familiar with the case who was Elliot Roger well good question Elliot Roger. <laughs> you congratulating yourself. <laughs> Elliot Oliver Robertson Roger was born in London, England on July the 24th, 1991. Um, his parents were British filmmaker uh, Peter Roger, who was mostly known for his second unit director uh, role in The Hunger Games. So yeah, he moved around in those kind of circles. He was in he was in the film biz, um, you know, which Elliot will go on to say, you know, he's recorded and he's quite theatric with certain things. Yeah. But um, yeah, he grew up in a household where it was well, a very well-to-do family. Yeah, absolutely. His mother, Lee Chin, was a Malaysian-born nurse who had worked as a unit nurse on the set of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. So again, in the, in the kind of film industry. His mother stayed at home whilst his, his dad was kind of pursuing trying to become a director. Um, when his mum did decide to join the, rejoin the workforce, his grandma, who he called Ama, Ama, moved in with them and took care of him. <laughs> and they became very close. So we're going to reference the the manifesto quite heavily, but throughout that he references his mother. And uh, at one point he said that she also dated George Lucas. Elliot also had one younger sister, and that was Georgia Roger. So Roger would spend the first five years of his life in the UK. Um, he apparently had very fond memories of his childhood in, in Sussex, um, but he had also developed a bit of a hatred about how, how strict the schools were, and that during lunchtime he said he felt bullied as he didn't like football football or soccer um, and he was always forced to be the goalkeeper thing he, he lived in a house called the old rectory uh, and he, he did have very fond he always had fond memories uh, of there he said uh, the memories i have of this period are only memories of happiness and bliss hmm. so yeah he, he very much kind of yearned for those days as he grew older so the family later immigrated and settled in Los Angeles, California, uh, where Peter would continue to work as a, a film director and commercial director, and Lee Chin would spend time between raising the family and also working in the film industry as well. So two years after they made the big move, um, when Elliot was just seven years old, Peter and Lee Chin divorced. A year later, Peter remarried, this time to Somea Akaboon, a Moroccan actress who had appeared in the Hollywood blockbuster Green Zone. I'd also heard that she was a regular in the French version of Real Housewives, which was uh, also produced in Los Angeles. Even though Roger would think back of the UK and he had fond memories, um, he still had a tough time in school, um, fitting in. And at the, t at the age of eight, he was a, he was seen a therapist. 
Yeah, and it, during this time as well, very early years, he was uh, he was placed into a, a Catholic all boys school, and this is this is quite sad. Um, at one point, he was really struggling to make friends. Um, they he would they would often bully him because he was fairly small, and at one point, he fell asleep at the desk, and his fellow students taped his head to the desk while he was asleep. Yeah, it's quite the uh, quite the prank. I would have thought the noise of tape. Yeah. What woke me up? The school he attended was Crispy Carmelite, Crispy Caramelite High School. That Crispy sounds, Caramelite sounds like a good donut. Yeah, and I and you go nuts. Yeah, I go nuts for donuts. What's, um, oh, I wasn't even. Yeah, I was thinking that's what I said. Um, but that that doesn't sound like the type of place any bu- bullying could take place within. That's too nice sounding. And according to Roger in 2012, he said the one friend he had in the whole wide world who truly understood him said he didn't want to be friends with him anymore without offering a reason. And this would really oh, kind wow. of, obviously it would upset any any kid. If you have one friend and, you know, if... if like a breakup. Yeah, essentially. I think, you know, Elliot was getting picked on and they wanted to move away from him just to like, you know, about like about a boy. Yeah. That scene where that side, go, we can't hang out with you anymore because of the, we get bullied, bullied as well, which is sad. But <laughs> Yeah. Then he turns around and walks off and he's got backpack full of masking tape he was diagnosed with pervasive developmental disorder not otherwise specified and autism spectrum disorder in 2007 but this diagnosis was later retracted so at the age of eight he's obviously seeing various uh, therapists and counselors um, receiving various treatment he's having a very hard time at school he can't stand as well his his uh, his father's new partner. Um, he he dis- he's said to have despised her all the way through to his final days, um, and there's no uh, no real joy in his life for an eight year old. Um, yeah, it doesn't paint a pretty picture. Yeah, he he later wrote that um, he cried by himself at school every day, and that was by the ninth grade. Yeah, I mean that obviously paints a paints a very um, dim view. <laughs> the thing with Elliot Roger, I think. Most people would agree if they've seen the videos of him and like we're going to go into. A lot of the times he would use certain language was, you know, it would be slightly over the top in terms of the description and it seemed very dramatic and theatrical. So, I mean, crying himself every day, you could possibly look at that and think that's slightly an exaggeration. Um, but the, the way he would talk about people going forward, you know, he wouldn't just, oh, I didn't really like get on with my uh, stepmom. It was, I detested her. It's always uh, yeah. kind of to the 10th degree. So at this time, Peter and Lee Chin would describe their son as a constant enigma. Um, they were offering him support, but it has been argued he didn't receive that support directly from his family. And they would very much kind of, you know, palm him off to the professionals at the time. Yeah, I did see an interview with his dad. Um, and he, he said, like, as a kid, you know, he, he was very loving and very, like, he was full of laughter. At times he'd laugh so much that he'd worried he would he would choke. It's like he, he would seem to be a very kind of joyful um, boy. But then, yeah, the move over to L.A., as I said, he seems to really kind of hark back to one of, you know, the U.K. life. Everything was happy. I mean, I guess that's probably why he associates... Um, Lee Chin with happier times and his stepmom mm-hmm. with, uh, with America and kind of the harder times. There's one particular picture that stays with me and that is of uh, Peter, uh, Roger, laying in a hammock with very young Elliot on his lap and they just look like the happiest people on earth. It's a very nice kind of father and son image. But that all disappears very quickly as he makes his way into his teenage years. He would move from the uh, the Catholic boarding school into a public school environment, which, of course, was very eye-opening to Elliot. Um, he was said to have snubbed various offers of friendship because he felt that the people there were beneath him. Yeah, there's a lot of that throughout this case where uh, he'll say, no one wanted to be my friend or girls never looked at me. It sometimes felt like people did actually extend, you know, the, the olive branch and want to befriend him, and he was very kind of dismissive. Or 
it comes across he wasn't very obviously very confident in front of people his communication skills um, which a lot of the family friends would say his communication skills were very off he wasn't you know he's was very very shy very quiet and like in terms of social situations he would kind of go into his shell but then you know his brain would be going at 100 miles an hour thinking about all these things and you know being slightly paranoid about how people are acting around him mm-hmm. so yeah him snubbing friends was a quite common occurrence yeah and that was never kind of a face-to-face arrogance he would be he'd find the the confidence more so on his own like if he was writing or if he was kind of filming himself yeah definitely yeah when he comes to life when he when he went to the camera by himself uh, and yeah as you said we're writing the manifesto i think it's one of those things where you think maybe someone approaching you wanting to be friends or a girl it's sarcastic it's a joke they're only doing it to take the mick out of me rather mm-hmm. than this is a genuine attempt at friendship yeah he seems to have from the maybe from the boarding school days developed a bit of a defense mechanism there i don't well, know if, yeah, if, it's, if it's one best friend who knew him better than anyone just ditched him yeah then you're you're gonna you're gonna have a bit of trust issues and developing friendships is going to be hard during this time he was described as a very lonely isolated and introverted child he was observed to be socially anxious and quite awkward with people he often was uh, attempted to have had like various play dates and and neighborhood uh, children kind of uh, around the house but he would they would never take um so yeah just very very um isolated individual um and when he did go around people other people's houses to go on various play dates he would just hide uh in the house and in the garden didn't want anything to do with anyone so a friend of the family dale lorna who was screenwriter for dirty rotten scoundrels and my cousin Vinny, said that he counseled roger on approaching women but that Roger did not follow the advice. Lorna also commented that when he met Roger at eight or nine, he said, I could see that there was something wrong with him. Looking back now, he strikes me as someone who was broken from the moment of conception. Wow. So as Elliot is is going into his teenage years, his parents, although remain viewing him as an enigma, uh, claimed that he became uh, a very, very good liar. And though he was potentially bullied at school, sometimes he would over-elaborate that or lie altogether about that to get other children into trouble. He was still seeing many therapists, many counsellors. He was moved between many schools as well. So during this time, uh, Elliot would throw himself into uh, the online world. He'd play various video games, including World of Warcraft. But he also launched his own YouTube account, um, which was basically a, a vlog titled Elliot Rogers' official blog, through which he expressed loneliness and his fights against rejection. So Elliot would briefly attend the Los Angeles Pierce College and Moor Park College before moving to Isla Vista in 2011. So his, his parents kind of thought moving to the sunshine, the beach, he might kind of um, find himself there and it's more of a happy place. And he yeah. attended Santa Barbara City College. Santa Barbara is a, one of my favourite places I've been to, I think. Oh. It's bloody lovely. Yeah. Well, Isla Vista as well was said to be a very good place for, for young people and for students, a thriving nightlife, thriving community by the beach, on the ocean, and um, kind of the perfect place for him to kind of socialise. Yeah. So Elliot being at Santa Barbara College, he's hit puberty now. He's seen lots of young couples around him. And, you know, he's like, he's wanting that for himself, but he's finding it very hard to find any attention. As I've always said, a beautiful environment is the darkest hell if you have to experience it all alone and sadly I've been alone for a very long time and my problem is girls I don't know why you girls are so repulsed by me I dress nice I'm sophisticated and magnificent I have a nice car a BMW I'm polite 
I am the ultimate gentleman. Look at how fabulous I look. Yeah, and the longer it goes on that he is viewing as being rejected or feeling rejected, um, the more he dwells on that, the more he lets that kind of fester uh, within. But he's, yeah, he's in an environment essentially where young people are thriving. It's a, it's a happy place to be. Yeah, he's, he's, he views himself very much as a, a me against the world uh, environment. Definitely. And, and, and with his blogs, this would, you know, they'd go on to develop. He'd be sitting there, just the thought, you know, the thought of a couple being happy and him not having the happiness would, would make him very angry. He would say, I remember one video where he's looking out at the sunset over the beach and he's like, this was a perfect view until that couple sat down there. And he looks at it in a very practical way where he looks at it as, I've got money, I've got a nice car, I've got expensive sunglasses, why haven't I got... I'm drop-dead gorgeous. Yeah. He, he rates himself very highly and he doesn't understand how these things by themselves haven't led him to, to finding a partner. He In his own kind of eyes, he's got a lot of love to give, but... And he wants that's all he wants to do is to give that and receive that. And he's taken it as you know, he compares he's, he speaks very downwardly on upon other people who have yeah. partners and who, are, who he sees with beautiful women. He calls them slobs. How can they have that? And I can't. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. Yeah, and I mean, that would kind of blend into Elliot's kind of different views on race as well. So he'd often speak down to seeing anyone of a different race being with a, a hot white blonde girl. Um, so he would he would obviously show that deep down he was harboring very racist views. And, and his, I mean, he comes from, you know, his, his mother's Malaysian and his, his father's uh, Caucasian. So to kind of pull away from this, Ben, so this is the case which I think a lot of people would have, would have heard of him being referred to as the king of the incels or, you know, He's very much touted as the kind of poster boy of incels. And I think this is probably where, this case is probably what brought that actual word to my attention. And I didn't know anything about it previously. Uh, We go into a little bit now of what exactly being an incel consists of. So uh, we've got two options, really. We can uh, do the Urban Dictionary or we can go for the actual definition. Let's start with Urban Dictionary. 
Okay, so an incel, the top definition from Urban Dictionary is a member of an online community called incels. They are typically self-delusional, egotistic and pretending to be nice people. So they often blame others for his deprivation of sex or romantic relationships, often has stereotypes for other people. Um, a, an incel is a person who is unable to find romantic partners and thinks he is deprived of sex by other guys called chads. Okay, Ben, let's go for the, the, the not-so-light one. So an incel is an involuntary celibate. They are defined as a member of an online community or subculture of young men who consider themselves unable to attract women sexually or romantically despite desiring this. They are typically associated with views that are hostile towards women and men who are sexually active. So again, in context of Elliot... Um, arriving in Santa Barbara, seeing this world around him, he's he, he, there's so much fury uh, building up inside him at this point, and you can hear that and see that in his videos and writings. Strangely, put the worst place to put an incel in is a happy, nice environment where yeah. everyone. Yeah. It's like you think, oh, we'll bring him into this lovely place. He's going to thrive. He's going to thrive. But he's looking around. He's seeing other happy people his age having exactly what he wants. He thinks there's no way that he can get that, mm. and yeah, it, it, it's really festering. And as we say. His videos were going to escalate with him kind of getting more and more angry about it. He views himself as a supreme gentleman. Also, it's worth noting, he was prescribed risperidone, but refused to take it, stating, after researching this medication, I found that it was, was absolutely the wrong thing for me to take. So basically, risperidone is an atypical antipsychotic used to treat schizophrenia and bipolar disorder. So he thought it best of his judgment to not take that and just... Yeah, I don't need it. I'm yeah. fine. So as the videos progress and he get more and more animated and more condemning of these chads and Stacey's, as it's referred to, not, you know, paying him any interest, he would go on to, he threw a coffee on a couple he was jealous of and, and he splashed coffee at two girls for not smiling at him. Uh, in 2012, Roger used a super soaker filled with orange juice to spray a group playing kickball at Gersh Park. So he's, he's he is actively, you know, He's, you know, even though he's very shy and he's actually doing physical things to show his distaste towards people having fun. Elliot, now aged 20, is as unhappy and angry as he has ever been before in his life. He's, uh, his real life, uh, obviously, is, is full of, in his, in his view, tor uh, t uh, torment and torture. Um, but he's immersing himself into various uh, forums and, and websites and blogs and video games. So he's basically semi-immersed now into this virtual world wherein he meets other people that maybe have also got incel traits or incel views. Yeah, he's put himself in an echo chamber where people have the same mindset, really, haven't they? So they kind of go with each other a little bit in regards to that. But he even in, he will go into it, but even in those places, people look at him as being a bit extreme with the way he was being it. Yeah. So yeah. I'm an incel, mate, but you are... <laughs> I mean, come on. So as we always do, we're going to go into a timeline now and go through exactly what would lead up to and what would happen on that night. So June 2011, Roger now decides he's going to take fairly drastic action. He writes in his manifesto, It was only when I first moved to Santa Barbara that I started considering the possibility of having to carry out a violent act of revenge as the final solution to dealing with all the injustices I've had to face at the hands of women and society. Yeah, that's it. even in his language, it's the words injustice and things like that. It's always very theatrical and very overdramatic. Uh, so yeah, July 2011, this is, I mentioned it a little bit earlier, Roger observed a couple kissing in the line at Starbucks he follows them outside to their car yells at them and splashes the coffee all over them Roger wrote about this incident I had never struck back at, the, at my enemies before 
and I felt a small sense of spiteful gratification for doing so. Struck back. Yeah, that's the thing. He's, he's at this age now where he's thinking any kind of people kissing is a, yeah. a spite at him. August 2011. Roger is paired with two roommates in his Isla Vista apartment. Almost immediately, he gets into an argument with the men. According to Roger, the argument stemmed from the men teasing him about his virginity. So at this point, he's 20. Um... After almost getting into a physical fight, Roger is able to transfer to a different apartment after he complains about the two men. In January 2012, so Roger finds out his new roommate has a girl in his room. After the girl leaves, Roger confronts his roommate, telling him that he is foolish to feel proud about having an ugly whore in his room. Roger would also call police on his roommate for stealing his candles. Elliot, so Elliot called the police and his housemate was arrested and charged with petty theft. Yeah. And he pled guilty to stealing the candles. He had to pay it back and replace the candles. Imagine that. Imagine that. So Hong pled guilty to the theft, first of all. It was a petty theft. Um, but then decides, okay, well, and they just get on. They move back in together and that's that. But candles. He calls the police over candles. In the spring of 2012, Roger now becomes obsessed with winning the Mega Millions lottery. So basically, he's, despite coming from fairly uh, affluent parents and being, um, you know, uh, the son of a, a Hollywood director, he still feels that that is not enough. I mean, in his manifesto, he's com- constantly having it berating his mother for not remarrying into wealth and not uh, taking up George Lucas, I guess. But he, he's he's very much focused on winning the Mega Millions. So to the point where he will continue continually drive across state to Arizona, which is a four-hour drive, to play that particular state's Mega Millions lottery. Um, during this time, he, he's become obsessed with the game, believing that money and wealth will be the end of his problems. On September 11th, 2012, he doesn't win the lottery. He rages. He drives hundreds of miles to Arizona, where he then smashes his laptop in uh, in an act of rage. Yeah, so he was spending lots and lots of money on this. And he, as we said, he's very materialistic with, with his views. He thinks having a BMW should mean he should have the hottest girl on his arm. Um, so the thought is, okay, well, if a Beamer isn't doing it, Let's get a bloody Maserati idea. <laughs> but uh, he didn't. He did, yeah, he didn't go on to win that, and that would lead him to be very angry indeed. So Elliot would go on to say about winning the lottery. He'd say, "I saw winning the lottery as the only way out. I knew I was always destined for great things. This must be it. I was destined to be the winner of the highest lottery jackpot in existence. I knew right then and there that this jackpot was meant for me. Who else deserves such a victory?" I've been through so much rejection, suffering and injustice in my life, and this was to be my salvation. With my whole body filled with feverish hope, I spent $700 on lottery tickets for this drawing. As I spent this money, I imagined all the amazing sex I would have with a beautiful model girlfriend I would have once I became a man of wealth. So yeah, very interesting way of thinking. Yeah, that sounds like the ramblings of one of the kids that uh, were trying to find the golden ticket in Willy Wonka. He has a very deluded way of thinking. Yeah, and he's viewing that as his destiny. Yeah. And when it doesn't happen, obviously that just uh, tips him further over the edge. So he made the trip from California to Arizona four separate times to buy Powerball tickets and he didn't win the uh, $130 million uh, jackpot. So September the 12th, 2012, Roger goes to the shooting range for the first time. So he destroyed, as I said, he destroyed his laptop in a tantrum for not winning the lottery. While waiting for that laptop to be replaced, he heads over to a shooting range in Oxnard, California. 
So a few months afterwards, in December 2012, Roger buys his first gun. As Roger begins the first real planning stages for his day of retribution, he starts by purchasing his first handgun, a Glock 34 semi-automatic pistol. He buys it at Galota Gun Supply. So spring 2013, Roger buys his second gun. So he continued to try and play the lottery for a few more months, continues to lose, so he decides to focus instead on his day of retribution, which means he must purchase a second handgun, which is a Sig Sauer P226 for $1,100. And he he was able to pay for that from his monthly allowance given to him by his parents. So he's getting over $1,000 in allowance from his parents. But when you're spending 700 of it on (laughs) tickets, you haven't got that much left, have you? So this is what he uh, he would come to say about uh, kind of going to gun ranges. He said, I walked into the range, rented a handgun from the ugly old redneck cashier and started to practice shooting at paper targets. As I fired my first few rounds, I felt so sick to the stomach. I questioned my whole life and I looked at the gun in front of me and asked myself, what am I doing here? How could things have led to this? I couldn't believe my life was actually turning out this way. There I was practicing shooting with real guns because I had a plan to carry out a massacre. So he'd go on to buy another gun as well after that so he yeah, he's he's in a very quick time he's gone from a guy who you know had no experience with shooting to owning three guns yeah so um in his manifesto he claimed i needed to buy a third handgun just in case one of them jammed i needed two working handguns at the same time as that was how i planned to commit suicide with two simultaneous shots to the head i also needed to buy magazine clips and ammunition as well as knives and carrying cases for my equipment. Spring 2012, Roger joins PUAHate.com, which is PickupArtistsHate.com. He describes the forum as a forum full of men who are starved of sex just like me. He finds others who agree with his thoughts on the evilness and wickedness of women. So Roger writes in his manifesto that he tried to show this website to his parents to give them some sort of dose of reality as to why I am so miserable. They never understood why I'm so miserable. They have always had the delusion that everything is going well for me. So spring 2013, Roger decides to target Isla Vista for his day of retribution. Um, So Roger debated between choosing Santa Barbara City College or Isla Vista as his target. He ultimately chooses Isla Vista, in part because it was always flooded with young couples and good-looking popular kids walking around to their parties. So in his head, head, this is the the hub of the Chads and Stacys. This is where the most beautiful people are hanging out, people who live the lifestyle that he would want to live. Yeah, those those that are the happiest are those that have to suffer. And um, that's the decision he makes. So on July the 20th, 2013, Roger gets gets into uh, a bit of an altercation, uh, which is pretty uh, poignant. So just days before his 22nd birthday, Roger decides to have one last ditch effort to lose his virginity. He's very focused on doing it before the age of 22, quite, quite literally. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. 
From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. Um, he gets drunk at a house party and walks to Del Player Street where groups of students are having drinks on a ledge. Um, initially, this was fueled by drunken confidence. So he makes his way up to the ledge and angrily confronts uh, two white girls who are um, kind of drinking with an Asian man. So Roger, um, first of all, mimics them and pantomimes shooting at the students on the ledge, which I don't know, is that trying to intimidate them or is he trying to, is that just a drunken kind of... Eventually, uh, Roger tries to start, well, start, they're on a 10-foot ledge, first of all. Roger tries to start pushing them off the edge of this ledge. And he's, as we've mentioned, he's, he's not the biggest guy. Um, so quite quickly, he tries, to, after trying to push both girls off the ledge and failing, he then is confronted by the other male on the ledge who uh, pushed Roger off the ledge. And Roger, as he's falling, feels a snap on his ankle. This, on paper, if you were to take away everything, or the hindsight and what we know is going to happen, Ellie Roger almost loses virginity before 22. He has one night to do it. It's very kind one of... One night on one broken ankle. It's very kind of like teen movie. Yeah. But, um, yeah, obviously it goes on to be... Yeah. He, he, he fell off the ledge, uh, snaps his ankle. Um, unable to walk, Roger stumbles away from the party only to realise that he'd left his Gucci sunglasses at the scene. Um, he returns and drunkenly arrives at the wrong house demanding his Gucci sunglasses. By Roger's account, the students at this particular house start calling him names and they end up beating him up. Roger throws a punch, but is only hit back. He says he is punched and kicked to the ground. The fight is broken up as adults intervene and he stumbles away. And he returns at this point back to his dorms and he spends the whole night venting to one of his roommates that uh, that he's going to get revenge on these people and kill them for, for how they treated him. But yeah, they would have taken it like we said before. He, he's very theatrical and over the top of how he explains things. I'm, so I'm sure the housemate would have been like, he just means, you know, he's going to do nothing about it. Yeah, but, that, that night um, couldn't have gone much worse for him. No. And then the next night, he's 22. On his 22nd birthday, Roger wakes up in pain. Hearing he may get in trouble for his role in the fight, he decides to concoct an altered story for the police. After arriving at hospital, Roger provides his version of events to the police, claiming that the boys at the party deliberately pushed him off the ledge. Um, Elliot told his father as well that story. When Peter came to pick him up, Elliot claimed he was a victim, bullied, called a horrible word, and beaten up. Um, He told the police the same story, but they dropped the case after finding out Elliot might have been the aggressor. 
But his dad would go on to say he was such a good liar. He was such an incredible liar. So Roger then gets uh, surgery on his ankle, um, which means that he has to spend a few weeks on crutches. Uh, and he also walks with a cane. <laughs> that shouldn't make me laugh. Just imagine how angry he was already to then have to walk with a cane. It's perfect. So he decides basically as a result of this injury to move his day of retribution back a little bit to the spring of 2014. Roger adds his little brother to the hit list. Roger has an argument with his stepmother, Sumea. Sumea tells him that his younger half-brother, Jazz, has an agent and will be in TV commercials. Roger starts to see his little brother, who he writes about having bonded with, as the enemy. So he's basically looking at Jazz now as a Chad. Um, still, Roger writes... Jazz. <laughs> Roger writes that he cannot allow the young boy to surpass him at everything to, and to live the life he's always wanted. And he would say, if I can't live a pleasurable life, then neither will he. I will not let him put my legacy to shame, he says. In order to kill Jazz, Roger also commits to also killing Samaya. The only challenge for Roger is finding a way to kill his brother and stepmother without being forced to kill his father. Roger decides that the day of retribution must take place when his father is out of town. Um, and an interesting thing to note about all this is, I think it's around that time the film Chronicle was released. Um, have you seen that? No. Okay, so it's about the, essentially about these these um, boys who walk find this hole, go down this hole, and they get superpowers. And one of them, the way he delivers lines and kind of thing, it's 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 quite similar to how Elliot is when he's you know talking to cam the camera. Okay. Even the language of oh, must get seek revenge, I must do this. Basically, one of the so one of the people start using the powers for bad essentially oh, okay. so you get these superpowers he, he turns into a like a super villain yeah super villain essentially and I think throughout this the way he he words things and he says things I will get them he even does says in, the, in his kind of videos he does like evil laughs yeah. he says that. His, then, his eyes aren't laughing but he's just he does it for the kind of effect so I think he's seen this film and kind of you know seeking revenge evil laugh and he's very villainous how he so, does it yeah and some of the statements he makes it's then almost as if the laugh is completely disconnected because there's a couple seconds pause and then he's like oh I forgot to laugh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you say if you look in his eyes they, there's no joy in them whatsoever not he's laughing all, no you girls have never been attracted to me I don't know why you girls aren't attracted to me but I will punish you all for it it's an injustice, a crime, because I don't know what you don't see in me. I'm the perfect guy. And yet you throw yourselves at all these obnoxious men instead of me, the supreme gentleman. I will punish all of you for it. <laughs> Roger gets a BMW 3 Series Coupe. So he gets a brand new car um, and takes pictures of this car and plasters them across his Facebook, which is also kind of uh, uh, smothered in, in selfies. You, you did that with your McGann, didn't you? I did the... I did. I was, like, hugging the bonnet because that was my second ever car. Early 2014, Roger starts laying out his plans. So his plan has several phases. In his first phase, Roger plans to kill his two housemates, first in order to secure his apartment as a personal torture and killing chamber. He then writes of luring people into the apartment with plans of knocking them out with a hammer, slitting their throats and committing other horrific acts of, acts of violence. Roger wrote that the first phase of his massacre plan would be to stab his two male roommates to death. As we mentioned earlier, he did by knives as well as guns. Uh, so this is Elliot's words here. Um, 
These were the biggest nerds I've ever seen, and they were both very ugly with annoying voices. That's one of our comments yeah, on YouTube, about isn't to it? Say that, yeah. <laughs> they were pleasant to live with. I would regret having to kill them, but due to their behaviour, I now had no regrets about such a prospect. In fact, I'd even enjoy stabbing them both to death while they slept. So after that, I will start luring people into my apartment, knock them out with a hammer, and slit their throats. I will torture some of the good-looking people before I kill them, assuming that the good-looking ones had the best sex of their lives. All of that pleasure they had in life, I will punish by bringing them pain and suffering. I've lived a life of pain and suffering, and it is time to bring that pain to people who actually deserve it. It's very elaborate plans that he's thinking he can kill his housemates, use that to lure people back, and keep killing people, thinking, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's very troubling reading. For the second phase, Roger plans to implement his war on women. Um, his main target is the Alpha Phi Women's Fraternity at UCSB, which he deems as having the most beautiful girls. I think in one of his videos he refers to it as the hottest house. Um, he plans to sneak into their house at 9pm, slaughtering and killing them with his guns and knives. After killing the women, Roger writes that the final phase will be a showdown on the streets of Isla Vista, which that in itself is quite a statement. It's very kind of storyboardy, I can see at the moment. That's not the yeah, right. that's a term, storyboardy. Storyboardy's a term. Yeah. Roger plans to drive to Del Player Drive and kill as many people as he can by either running them over with his car or shooting them. Um, his final plan is to massacre everyone at the house where he was injured in July 2013. Predicting a melee, Roger writes that he will then swallow Xanax and Vicodin and shoot himself in the head with the two guns, the two aforementioned guns. Which is just to plan all of that, and he's planned it in great detail. It's, it's horrifying, isn't it? Planned in great detail, but we'll go, into, go on to how well that was executed. Yeah. Um, he doesn't plan to upload his final video until minutes before the attack because he knows that would give him away. He uploads a video titled Why Do Girls Hate Me So Much? And then he goes on to upload other videos, which kind of, it seems to be as if he's kind of enjoying the final moments. Like he's, he's, he's yeah. living through certain things, a nostalgic walk, um, walking through certain parks, um, a video of himself with his younger brother Jazz at the beach. Um, lots of 80s music is featured in the background as well. He has a very interesting catalogue of music uh, throughout these different vlogs that he was uploading. And it's, there's a, the very easy comparison is the Patrick Bateman vibe. Um, uh, obviously from uh, American Psycho, played by Christian Bale. So as Ben's saying, the Patrick Bateman vibe in, on one of the um, the forums he was part of, someone commented saying, dude seriously channels Patrick Bateman, the film one, portrayed by Christian Bale. Narcissistic, superficial, intense, angry, supremely unfulfilled. Yeah, there was another guy that responded to one of Roger's posts in either... PUA hate or bodybuilding.com forums. Um, basically, Elliot had made a statement about uh, an Indian guy in a Honda Civic with a blonde white woman and how unfair that was and how unjust that was. And uh, the, the guy basically responded by quoting that and putting uh, the comment uh, in before school shooter, essentially saying that, you know, this guy's going to go on to commit a, a mass killing. Yes, I'm sure the guy commented that in a, in a jokey fashion, but wouldn't, wouldn't know how true it was. So to go back to the similarities to uh, American Psycho, uh, Patrick Bateman in that movie is a stereotypical yuppie obsessed with money, status and appearances. He also has a penchant for pop music, including the likes of Sting, Phil Collins and Whitney Houston. And whoever did Higher Love, Steve Winwood, him as well. 
So April 30th, 2014, the police visit Roger. A week after uploading some of his videos to YouTube, police officers visit Roger's apartment for a wellness check. So his mum, who saw Roger's videos, who was concerned for his well-being, contacted the authorities. So after speaking with the police and explaining that the situation was a misunderstanding, Roger was able to convince them that he was fine. He writes of this experience, If they had demanded to search my room, that would have ended everything. In his room, Roger had his weapons and writings laying out his plans. But the police didn't search his room, they left. So yeah, that's a huge moment there, which could have stopped this whole thing. But as, as his dad said, he's a very good liar. But you'd, you'd hope, you know, the police would look into these things a bit more seriously. Yeah, the, poli- the police at the time just viewed him as very shy and timid and placid but, and that there was no possible way, you know, that he was any danger to himself or, or anyone else. He was just going through a bit of a rough time. Um, and I think Roger had even just explained the videos are just me um, expressing myself and, and, and my feelings and that, that was how it was left. So. But they didn't even watch the videos, did they? No, no. No, that's the thing. If the police even watched the videos and saw him saying things like, I'm going to get justice and... Well, that, I'm sure they would have been looking into this in far more detail. I mean, I know the police haven't got unlimited amount of times and usually they're quite understaffed, but those kind of things, you know, if they, in hindsight, if they looked into those things, this could have all been prevented. Okay, so now we've reached May 23rd, 2014, which is the day of the attacks, Elliot Rogers' retribution. So he'd go on to upload his final video onto YouTube, um, which YouTube have gone on to delete, uh, which outlines his plan. Here's Rogers' final video proclamation to the world. Because of the way YouTube organises timestamps, it isn't clear if the video was published before or after the massacre occurred. Um, it's possible that the video could have been scheduled to be posted minutes after the shooting begins. So Roger began his attacks at his apartment on Seville Road, where three men were killed by numerous stab wounds to their upper bodies. Bloodstains later found in the building's hallway suggested that one or more of the victims had been attacked as they entered, and a bloody bath towel and paper towels in the bathroom suggest that Roger had attempted to clean the hallway. So their positions suggested that each was killed separately as they entered the room. So basically, he's going and, and doing exactly what he carried out, you know, trapping people or tricking people to arrive and attacking them um, as, as they enter the room. So two of the men killed there were roommates of, um, of Elliot Roger. Um, one was called George Chen. The other one was called Cheyang Hong, also known as James Hong. And the third one was a friend of theirs and who was called Wei Han Wang or David, or David Wang. Um, age 20 so yeah they were killed by um, stab wounds Um, Roger immediately then heads over to his computer where he then emails his manifesto to his parents life coach and others and it is titled My Twisted World The Story of Elliot Roger Roger's mother, upon receiving this email, immediately checks YouTube and uh, looks into his account and watched the Elliot Rogers retribution video. She immediately then tries to contact uh, Roger's father, who was also watching the video, and they both immediately call 911 and make the Santa Barbara police aware. Yeah, I heard an account of the of his father and mother both driving and hearing news reports about that car, particular car, knowing that that was Elliot's car. Kind of dry, trying to drive as quickly as they can to try and see if they could defuse the situation. But obviously, I mean, by that stage, Elliot, you know, his plan of retribution, as you like to call it, was, was you know, just about to, about to start. 9.30 that night, as laid out in his manifesto, Roger starts at the Alpha Phi sorority house. Unable to get inside, he starts shooting girls standing outside, killing two. He then drives to a deli on Del Player Drive, gets out of his car and kills another young man by shooting uh, into, the, uh, into a supermarket that this young man was in. 
um, and you you can see CCTV footage of this. It's absolutely horrifying. Yeah, this yeah, everyone's always taking taking cover and, and jumping down. And I remember hearing reports that he's laughing. As I said, playing the kind of very super villain kind of style. He's laughing. He's enjoying it. He's take, he's soaking in every moment of it. Yeah, and uh, you can see from the CCTV footage, you can see people kind of very quickly ducking down and covering, but then you do, you see like fr- massive fridges behind the glass just shattering and, and, and spraying everywhere. It's a terrible scene. Um, he then gets back into his car and continues to drive at high rates of speed, shooting at random bystanders and trying to run people over with his car. So at this point now, it's not, you know, he's not just targeting women. He's not just targeting chads and, and men that he's viewed as of having wronged him. He is literally going for anyone that gets in his way. Well, like we said before, he, he had a very thought out idea, didn't he? And then he's trying to get into the one place he wanted to target, the hottest dorm in the world or wherever he called it, and he couldn't get in. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, luckily that, that lock on that door where this would have saved a lot of lives because he had a lot of ammo, a lot of guns. And after that, he's gone, in my head, it's gone, oh shit, my plan, my day of retribution, you know, what I'm going to go down in history for has all gone wrong. Yeah. He's in panic mode. He's like, I'm just going to try and take out as many people as possible. Yeah. And it completely changes their mode, which, you know, as we said, he's been spending months upon months festering, thinking all this through, had all these elaborate plans, his torture chamber and all this stuff. Can imagine he would have been livid at that locked door. Yeah, literally locking the door has completely ruined his plans. So Roger then, can, you know, drives off from this deli, uh, continues to try and hit people with his car and shoot at random. Um, he also would fire uh, uh, multiple shots at a couple exiting a pizzeria and also a female cyclist. Um, he drove south um, and shot uh, shot at and missed another woman. I mean, his aim here already was fairly poor. Um, he then made a U-turn and exchanged fire with chasing uh, sheriff's deputy responding to the telephone report. So mo- multiple calls now of a shooter on the loose. Um, he also struck an additional two um, pedestrians whilst exchanging fire with the police. Um, Roger then shot and wounded three people. He also struck a skateboarder and two cyclists with his car. Now, there was a, uh, a, uh, a wit- an eyewitness that claimed the skateboarder was launched kind of 10, 15 feet. Uh, into the air. Roger then uh, exchanged further gunfire with three pursuing sheriff's deputies and at that point he was shot in the hip. Um, He then uh, continues to be pursued by the police. Um, He then heads west and strikes another cyclist and then crashes on the north sidewalk just east of the intersection of Del Playa and Camino Pescadero. Um, and at 9.35, police found Roger dead inside of his car from a self-inflicted gunshot wound to his head. Um, in the car were three pistols, two knives, six empty 10-round magazines and 548 rounds of unspent am- ammunition. The three who died from gunshot wounds were Catherine Breen Cooper, um, 22, Christopher Ross Michaels Martinez, who was 20, and Veronica Elizabeth Weiss, who was 19. Um, Cooper and Weiss were the women killed outside the Alpha Phi sorority house, while Michaels Martinez was the victim inside the Isla Vista Deli Mart. Um, 14 other people were injured, seven from gunshot wounds, and seven by blunt trauma sustained while Roger struck them with his vehicle. This is a this is a quote from his manifesto. All I ever wanted was to love women, and in turn to be loved by them back. Their behaviour towards me has only earned my hatred, and rightfully so. I am the true victim in all of this. I am the good guy. Selling a little, or a lot... 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. So since the shooting, the victim families have come together to fight for gun control. Um, The relatives of Cooper, Michaels, Martinez and Weiss wrote, their deaths have shattered our lives. And, you know, they've tried to pursue going forward, trying to actually, uh, you know, get some kind of reform. Yeah, it's a very, very powerful one. I believe it's Martinez's father, so we'll play that for you now. Our son Christopher Martinez and six others are dead. Our Our family has a message for every parent out there. You don't think it'll happen to your child until it does. Chris was a really great kid. Ask anyone who knew him. His death has left our family lost and broken. Why did Chris die? Chris died because of craven, irresponsible politicians and the NRA. They talk about gun rights. What about Chris's right to live? When will this insanity stop? When will enough people say, stop this madness? We don't have to live like this. Too many have died. We should say to ourselves, not one more. So following on from this, obviously, it was kind of a very high profile case um, in regards to the the area. You know, it seems to be whenever someone who comes from an affluent family or, you know, his father being involved in the in, in the movies and whatnot, that's immediately going to put it into more of the mainstream media. Um, so his father, you know, was pressed for an interview and Barbara Walters, who... Yeah. Last week. Love, no, the week before last. Love Barbara Walters. She interviews everyone and she's very, very good. So Barbara... She interviewed Peter and, he, you know, he said, I, I don't understand it. I can't wrap my head around it. You know, he would go on to be, he would say, you know, you could never predict this could happen. Yeah, he kept referring him to as that boy or that child, He's, this boy, this child. He used an interesting analogy, which is, it's a reverse nightmare. Yes, yeah. So rather than when you have a nightmare and you wake up and you're like, oh, thank God, he'll have a fairly pleasant dream and wake up and go, oh God. Because it's, you know, he's waking up into the real thing, which is his nightmare. Uh, I, I know in another interview who was asked, you know, 
if you could do all again, would you, you know, would you rather Elliot never existed? And he did, you know, take a while to answer, but I think he kind of was like, well, obviously with all these, he's, he's you know, he's very, obviously sorry for what his son's done. And it's not, he's like, there's nothing I can do to, to help the families. And every day he, you know, he, he feels that remorse. Um, but yeah, he, he, his father, you know, before he said, Elliot was so far from evil. Something happened to him. He was the most beautiful, kind, sweetheart of a boy. And something happened to him. Thinking, you know, he's, he's done everything he can, can for his son in his eyes. He's, he's gotten great education. He's looked after him. He's provided money. You know, money doesn't, can't, you know, raise a child. We know that. But um, he, he's done what he thinks is right by his child. And yeah, um, did he know? I remember hearing the story when they were together on a, on a trip away. Um, Elliot was writing. And, and it turned out to be his manifesto, and, yeah. and he asked if he could see it, and he was like, "No, you'll you'll see it, and you'll see it soon enough." Um, yeah. And if you get the chance to read it, it is a fascinating read. Um, it, he's very much you re- obviously read it in hindsight of what happened, but he does take very much kind of a a villain um, role in it. I mean, it's it's written like a movie script, um, and his videos are as if it's you know a bad actor trying to play a, vid- a villain, like we said. Um, made made even creepier by the fact that he actually then carried out his ultimate definitely yeah. his ultimate act. But ultimately, yeah, very lonely, bitter, depressed, and and vengeful individual. He, there's a lot of racism and homophobia and misogynistic uh, views in the manifesto. So when he's asking the question, you know, why won't girls love me or why don't girls want me? I think he's got to do a little bit of uh, self reflection. Well, everyone knows Reddit can be a, a, quite an interesting place, but in November 2017, Reddit banned the discussion board R in cells for promoting violence against women. On the subreddit, Roger was often called Saint Elliot. As we said before, you know, being looked at as possibly the poster boy for that, uh, for incels. There's been some attacks afterwards, which allegedly were inspired by um, by Rogers. Um, allegedly, uh, was one was allegedly Alec Missanan, the 25-year-old man accused of plowing a van onto a crowded Toronto sidewalk, killing 10 people and injuring at least 16 more. Minutes before the rampage, he wrote on a Facebook post ref- referencing Roger and so-called Chads and Stacys. So, um, yeah, I mean, the whole incel scene is, is a very worrying and distressing thing if you look into it. So that was the case of Elliot Roger and the Isla Vista massacre. It's, yeah, it's very interesting. As we said, it's kind of different from a lot of ones because there's actual video footage of him saying what he's going to do talking about it in forums you, you kind of wonder if the police did look into watch the videos if they did actually go into the flat and have a look around yeah this could be prevented it's very easy for me to say this with with the um benefit of hindsight yeah it's a very eye-opening case in terms of uh you know looking into the world of incels and, and whatnot it's, absolutely it's, yeah, and the more you read about it the more you want to read or at least that's that's what happened at- with you maybe but i i want to move away from that uh so like we always like to do we try to have end it in some form of light relief if we can um, we usually do lookalikes I haven't got a lookalike um, but the only thing I say was he looks like the kind of guy who would go to London purely for the M&M world and uh, yeah his delivery well, a few th- references of how he sp- his kind of speech patterns and things like that he reminds me of that guy the really cringy guy who's just he's sitting on that chair with curly hair he says I love you more than there are grains of sand in the biggest desert that guy the awkward love guy I love you more than there are all the hairs on every cat that Mr. McHugh owns I also think his voice sounded a little bit like the emo song mood apathetic dear diary mood apathetic my life is spiraling downward. And the way he talks about himself, 
sounds kind of Dwight Schrute. I have acted before. I was in a production of Oklahoma in the seventh grade. I played the part of Mutie the Mailman. They had too many kids, so they made up roles like that. That was good. Um, so another thing, obviously, as I said there, My Twisted World, the story of Elliot Roger Manifesto is out there and available. Um, one particular um, entry that was very eye-opening was um, he, he writes about being taunted as an average-looking manlet. Manlet? So manlet, first of all, how harsh is that? Very hard. I, that would, I, would, I wouldn't like it if someone called me a manlet. Okay, next intro. <laughs> He, Saved. Repli- he, re- <laughs> <laughs> he replies to it and maybe I'll save this at my end just so I've Go got on. something to come back with I am a drop dead gorgeous fabulous stylish exotic gem among thousands of rocks I am better looking than you and you know it yeah, Swampy I agree with you so thank you for watching and listening to this week's episode if you've enjoyed it don't forget to give us a like and a subscribe if you're listening to it on an audio device give us a little follow on there and any kind of a rating you can do yeah and a little comment on there is very much appreciated massive help yeah and uh, we, we really appreciate obviously the, the new listeners the new viewers keep telling your friends about us uh, Swampy and Scully Swampy and Scully that is sounds an I awful really... episode of X-Files <laughs> I like that Swampy and Scully <laughs> That is brilliant. So tell your friends about Swampy and Scully, your good friends, Swampy and Scully over here. We really appreciate it. And if in the meantime, I mean, next week we're going to be covering uh, an episode. I'm really really happy with that. Oh, good. (laughs) Um, Good. I love love it. I don't think it's going to catch on. I'm already... I'm going to burn this shit. Your name tag on (coughs) the... Can't even rip it. Your name tag at the wedding is going to say Swampy. And if you want any more content, we have plenty more over our Patreon. Um, and, you know, any support there is much appreciated. But, or if you just want a little, you know, support us in a different way, we have lots of things over at the store, which any support is very much appreciated. Yeah. And as always, uh, you know, if you want to, if you want to drop us a message or a comment, uh, hit us up on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Could Murder a Pod, or drop a nice little comment uh, in the YouTube uh, comment section. Make sure it's a nice little one, though. Um, not anything about being a manlet or swampy. <laughs> and next week is a big week. It's the case you guys voted for. We put it on Instagram. We put it on our Twitter. People went over there and voted. Thank you very much for every vote in there. We really appreciated it. And we are probably going to take a steer from that for future episodes as well. Mm. But we have, you know, the winner has, it hasn't been announced, but the winner exists. If you want to count, you can figure it out yourself. But we're not going to announce it until next week. Absolutely. So uh, until then, guys, thank you so much for, for watching. Thank you so much for supporting us. And um, like we always say, <laughs> you, uh, keep doing what you do. And then unless you're warm. wearing a swamp for a t shirt. I'm yes. sure it depends on your buttons. Break your See sky. ya. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> You have been listening to I Could Murder a Podcast, presented by Tom Norris and Ben Carter, written by Ben Carter. Additional voiceover by Tom Turner. Additional research by Danielle St. Romain. Mixed by Dan Lambert at Boston Sound. Artwork and animation by Phil Whitten. Theme song by Alfie Indra. If you've enjoyed this episode, please remember to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Just search at CouldMurderAPod. For additional exclusive content, please check out our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash CouldMurderAPod. And make sure to tell all of your friends.
selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. Shopify's already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone. Transform your tablet into a point of sale system. Or use Shopify's POS Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. You can connect with your customers inline and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools, built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash retail offer to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash retail offer. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I Could Murder a Podcast is proudly part of the ACAST Creator Network. For hundreds of extra minisodes and other content, along with our private Discord server and live Q&As, exclusive merch and much more, consider subscribing to icmap.co.uk.